0: And welcome back to another segment here on gems podcast with me all the way from Montreal is Craig Thorne and I hope I pronounced Montreal correctly, but let me tell you a little bit more about Craig, Craig was born out of a genuine passion for craft beer. BAOS is Canadian-born with a worldwide perspective, focused on the beer scenes in North America, Australia, and across the globe. They're a team who travels for the love of craft beer, showcasing the best brews we they find and we find and interviewing their creators. Um, They're at a gateway podcast and web series for new drinkers with enough beer nerd talk to satisfy the more experienced folks, along with acting as an exhaustive resource for all members of the craft beer industry. But then I'm also going to have Craig add a little bit more about who he is outside of the B-A-O-S world. So, yes, indeed. With without further ado, let's welcome Craig Thorne.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. This is great to connect. Very cool.
0: My pleasure, Craig. So do you want to add a little bit more to your bio and just kind of give us a quick overview, or we could jump into either the icebreaker and the rapid fire and then come back to that?
1: I can give like a touch more context, I guess. That was the BAOS bio, which is my craft beer podcast. Um, so yes, I'm from Australia, living out here in Canada for almost twelve years. I do a whole bunch of things we connected specifically uh, via or about the craft beer podcast, which is one of my main projects. Aside from that, I have a social media agency with my partner who would be running for seven years and I do music. My brother and I moved to Canada specifically because of that we had a little uh, distribution deal in the state so. We moved out here, so kind of those are the three main things that uh, that I do. But we can talk about any of them. Happy to just focus on the beer as that's a uh, you know that's one of the main things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I kind of wanted to get to know uh the bear brand but also know the man behind the bear brand too so we could kind of weave the two together so craig let's let's jump in here and get you connected with the audience in a fun and personal way so there's two ways i like to do that with my guests we could do like i said an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game what are you in the mood for Uh,
1: yeah we could try the icebreaker today why not
0: okay we're breaking the ice with Craig. <laughs> so Craig, I want you to share something crazy that you have done in your life or a fun and interesting fact about yourself. And if you're feel, feeling frisky, just combine the both of them.
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Fun and interesting. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess being an Australian in Montreal is pretty weird. There's not that many of us. Um, and I still don't. have been in here ten years almost to the day, and still don't speak French. So you, you know, Quebec uh, Quebec is a French-speaking province. Um, that's just, I, I find that people find that interesting out here because they don't meet too many Australians, as opposed to say Toronto or Vancouver, all those tend to to migrate to those cities. So I was in Toronto first, and then came out here. So I guess that's you know that we've been able to sort of create a whole bunch of even though we don't really speak the languages has been harder to sort of connect with people out here to be able to create all these different brands and sort of slowly you know meeting a lot of people through beer was very helpful and uh the agency and all the other things we kind of did it in our own little silo here because the internet changes everything so i don't know if that's super fun or anything i don't know i I don't really think about the fun stuff so much i hope that counts
0: okay we can we can rock with that that'll work that'll work But it's interesting that you went from toronto to montreal even though from the outside looking in whenever i was there in canada and we were going from toronto to um niagara falls a lot of the young people like were going to montreal because they said oh it's a happening spot like a party spot you should check it out but then i felt like there was quite a bit happening in toronto too and i guess it was because i'm caribbean descent so there was carabana carabana or carabana however you say yeah going on and there was a lot of activities and then they got me sucked into Tim Hortons
1: <laughs> yeah and Canadian classic
0: yeah so it was inter- it's interesting that you said that because I thought Toronto was a, a pretty spiffy um, place with a lot of happenings things to it be. is
1: definitely it's the fourth biggest city in the U.S. in the U.S. in the whole <laughs> of North America I'm sorry like all of North America Toronto is the fourth which is kind of crazy we only left to keep me in the country to be honest my girlfriend is from toronto so we moved here because we were, we went here for one weekend and we were like this place is amazing and then we we're like my visa i couldn't extend it and i didn't know what else to do so she was like do you want to move to montreal and learn french I'm like "All ah. right." so we just came here and then 10 years later we are leaving. we're moving 10 years to the day that we moved here next month which is pretty convenient but yeah toronto is the biggest city there's way more stuff happening but Montreal's are like a lifestyle city
0: um, oh, okay. there's more
1: the the joke is it's where young people go to retire so you can very easily get caught up in the not doing anything thing here because there's like a whole vibe of, of that so it's more like it's a better lifestyle than say toronto which is all like hustle go go everything's expensive type mm-hmm. of thing where montreal well used to be cheap it's not anymore but yeah just totally different vibes, so a lot of people come out here. It's like a popular party to be The Grand Prix just happened, the Formula One Grand Prix I think last weekend. so it's you know it's it's a they're both like very, very different vibes.
0: Thank you for sharing that. So that's going to be on my list next time I go back to go check it out. Now let's dive into what you're doing for BAOS. And yeah. from the outside looking in, at first when I saw it, I was like, bows. So explain the, the meaning behind BAOS because you, um, I know it stands for an acronym. So yes. walk us through that.
1: Yes. And I, I feel like this ties into the, a better answer for the first question. So BAOS, am I allowed, you like to cuss? I, I don't have to.
0: If it if, a, if it if it slips out, it's a natural conversation. We're doing coffee yeah. chat style, so I just want you to be yourself, Craig. So leave. fantastic.
1: I'll, I'll turn. Well, it stands for beer and other shit, and it was the reason why was when I first moved to Canada. You know, where I'm from, it's pretty warm uh, overall. Like the winters get cold, but no snow. So I was in my first Canadian winter in twenty January 2011, and all my friends in Australia were doing this weird thing where you had to have a beer. And you took a photo of yourself, a selfie, drinking the beer and you put it on Facebook and it was called 365 days of beer. And um, and you had to drink not one beer per day, but just 365 in a year and uh, review them. And I was like, well, obviously, there's not 300 types of beer in the world. So this is going to be pointless. So why not give it a crack? So my friend, my housemate joined me as well. And we were just uh, drinking all beers constantly. There's a the beer store nearby. So we were just buying one of everything just to try them all and learning about beer. I drank a bit. wasn't really big on alcohol. This was literally just something to do. And in about seven months, I hit to 365. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. This is fine. I'm going to keep going. In,
0: in seven months, you drank 365?
1: Yes. So right now, I kept it going. Exactly now, I am up to, I think it's uh, 7,182 unique beers that I've reviewed. So that, I guess, is the fun fact. That's probably much better. Um, So I kept it going just because, I don't know, it was kind of fun to learn about beer. And I was just doing it, you know, swearing a lot, really stupid reviews. I know nothing about beer. I'm not trained on it. I was just learning. And then around 20 Maybe 2015, my girlfriend was like, You should listen to um Craft Beer Podcast. I'm like getting into podcasts, I was like, Yeah, good idea. So we started listening, and all of the podcasts were just by like middle-aged dudes. It was so boring. They weren't really, there was no energy or they weren't really they were making it for people who already knew everything about it. So I was telling her that and she was like, Why don't you start a podcast? And obviously the music was one of my was the main thing I was doing at the time, which is Music is really, I find it's the best, but it's really annoying. It's very challenging. There's too many people doing it. Everything is gate kicked. So it's like really difficult. So I was, it was cool to have another creative outlet on the side of something that I was doing, spending most of my time on. So I started it with the same housemate that, that joined me with the 365. And because I was syncing my Instagram account, which I started, I guess, in 2011, when Instagram wasn't anything major and i was syncing it to tumblr i made the tumblr account that's what i called it beer and other shit that was just the stupidest name because it was just the beer and the other stuff that i happened to be posting on on instagram that's all it was so when we started the podcast we just called it that because that was the name like i don't know we weren't very creative and neither was i at the time so we ran with that and then maybe like a year into doing it brewery started reaching out wanting to talk to us I'm like interesting this is weird and then there was one particular that we connected with that didn't want to talk to us because of the swearing in the name, which no one had ever had a problem with really since. But that was the first time. So we were like, all right, there's two ways we can take this. We can go, I don't care. We're going to do, keep doing that, and keep the cussing in, or whatever. Or we can rebrand, tone it down and, and make it more serious because it was not not supposed to get to that point. It was literally just fun. And um, so we called it BAOS as the acronym. That's all. Once again, not super creative because we're just rolling with it. It was not supposed to be this thing. Um, yeah, we just kept it going. We started traveling a lot, going around the States and around the Quebec and Ontario, going to beer festivals, interviewing breweries um, all over the place. We, My friend stopped co-hosting around 20, maybe 18. So I kept going uh, with my partner. Unfortunately, she has a wine account called Liquid X Happiness. So wine and spirits. So we kind of combined wine and spirits with beer and we started working with tourism boards so like virginia sent us out for a bit colorado flew us out for a couple weeks vermont uh we went all over the place working with different tourism places to kind of offset the travel costs because that adds up we used to never do um virtual podcasts only until 2020 we started doing those um so yeah it was it was pretty cool we were doing a lot of uh we were just all over the place and becoming a like a resource i guess for craft beer for um i guess for the industry itself because we are capturing kind of what you do right you're, you're talking to people and getting their stories and kind of cementing it in this in this piece of content so we do the same thing with breweries and getting the story of how it started and the, the people who started and what they were trying to do and the community and all of this stuff so it became like this people other brewers were telling me that they were like man i've known this guy for like five years and we've told you all the stories you never told me and, so I feel like there was some value for the industry. People were learning things and we're having fun conversations. Obviously, we're drinking during it so they get a bit silly and a bit loose. So it's, you know, it's some fun stuff. And uh, yeah, it's been a real great project for us that, that, take, that took up much more of our sort of creative energy and, and time and, and, and everything than we ever anticipated. But it, it's been really worth it. There's been so many cool friendships and just opportunities that's come out of doing it.
0: That's that's super cool just to kind of hear the back end story of what led to it and how you got started, because sometimes people only want to tell you the story of where they are now and not go back to like, you know, the incubator state. So um, I know you're you've listened to a few episodes, so I like to kind of go back to the square one and kind of pull it out and then wrap it, wrap it up pretty and put that pretty bow on it. Because if you only tell me what you're doing now, then, you know, that's cool and it's fine and dandy, but sometimes people want to just go beyond the surface level with you and really connect because it's the start ugly moments, the struggles, um, the heartaches and all of that stuff that gave you the resilience to do what you're doing now and sometimes you know some of your biggest success comes from your greatest failures because you learned the lessons and you just keep on going so
1: absolutely
0: it's funny that you mentioned that there was a brewery that didn't want to um, talk to you I think was it a brewery or a podcast whenever you said it's called beer and other shit I would have just said, "Oh well, it's called beer and other stuff." Like just quickly replace the S yeah. and then just keep it moving. But then it it kind of does take away that authenticity. But that could have been a workaround. But I do like that y'all mm. use B A O S as a workaround, and you still kept it um, based on you know the original context there. And it's cool to hear that you and your partner have now partnered together and done um the wine the wine and spirits along with the beers and it's i'm just still blown away that you have you had 365 beers in seven months and then now year to date you've had 7800 right uh
1: 7182
0: okay so almost 7200 well I'll almost 7200 yeah
1: yeah round up yeah.
0: <laughs> so that is impressive and it's cool lot. to hear that you're talking to a lot of different breweries. If you're in the Houston, Texas area or the woodlands or spring, check out Fortress Beer Works. They're actually on, um, on Instagram. So I knew one of the founders that had started it. He actually was working in oil and gas when I was working in oil and gas and we formed a relationship. And he's like, yeah, I'm starting a brewery with some guys. They were doing some stuff in their garage and they're like, why not start a brewery and make it legit? And I was like, interesting. So a question that I have for you, Have um, now that you have all this insight and people are coming to you for reviews and et cetera, have you and your girlfriend thought about like maybe investing in a brewery of your own based on the knowledge and the acumen um, you've acquired since you've been doing it
1: initially we thought about it and we thought it might have been a cool goal but the, it's really really cap like we, we're seeing the realities of it without being involved in it as in and not even an employee of one and it's so much like the it's so capital intensive like they're putting up depending on where you do it but one to two million probably to get it started at a reasonable level um the amount of like like you could start it as a contract brewery so like say your friends right they could have been you could pay another brewery to brew your beer on your behalf and use their alcohol producing license and then they can package it up and then you can distribute it through their network so it's sort of like a way for existing breweries to fill up empty space like if they got tanks that aren't being used they can contract it out to up-and-comers to build the brand which is a good way to sort of do it but I don't know if I, I don't know if I would be game anymore. I feel like it's, uh, it's kind of scary. And In, in pre 2020, we thought about, I would love to do like a beer bar that also has a, a like an amazing sort of um, curated beer list, but also a wine bar in the same space and a third wave cafe. So like Tim Horton's is, it's a complete opposite. It's sort of like, it's called third wave, which is sort of the new single origin, um, you know, fancy coffee, I guess, for people who aren't familiar with it. So get all of them kind of go hand in hand. So that would be kind of cool. I'd rather do that than a brewery, I think, at this point. It's kind of, yeah, I feel like they, they're, they go pretty deep.
0: I think that's a cool concept because I'm over here visualizing of, of visualizing it. I'm also a visionary life coach. I see the wine and spirits. So the ladies and they could do like maybe wine tasting, then the guys, especially if you want to do like a couple's night out and you want to do something that caters to both or like whatever your relationship status is, the guys or the partners or whatnot could do the beers and kind of chillax over there. And then, whenever and then with you having like music in your background, you could kind of have some live performances and that and etc and just curate and set the vibes and then maybe you could have different people come in and um, play their different types of music and genres and then it'll, it could kind of be like a cool kickback spot you know yeah. like the best of both worlds and then of course you have to have some good food like not just the not just the happy hour bite sized things but also give them like something hearty too like a burger with some fries not just like these little um <laughs> Veggies yeah, like, <laughs> or appetizers because sometimes once you get get going drinking you're like man I'm so hungry and some places like it's some breweries only have like a like those finger food type things I was like man I want like a big juicy burger with like fully loaded all of that and they don't have that.
1: <laughs> I agree I think I've actually asked a lot of them when they don't have that and they they seem to be having an aversion they're like oh we don't want to get into the restaurant business we just want to serve beer and I think that's the one. That's the separator for the ones that maybe aren't super interested in that. But as a consumer, I agree. I want to go there, and if if you be as in, you're like, "Hey, let's get some food now," and you've got that option at least. But yeah, I feel you. I feel you. You,
0: you should you should ask more whenever you go on the thing because I think it would definitely drive up their revenues and their profit because Ooh. if people are consuming alcohol, they need to have some substance to some substance to eat. Because then depending on where you're located, like different um, areas have different rules and regulations for like alcohol consumption. So that could also be a way to reduce some of the risk factors, like mitigate their risk and etc.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. It's yeah, good idea.
0: So another question for you, because I see all the cans above you. So do you have a favorite craft beer right now?
1: not really because they're so like i'm not sure how familiar maybe you or the audience are but usually beer is hyper local and often one and done
0: mm-hmm. so
1: there might be one beer that comes out that might that change my life and then i'll never ever be able to get it again and on top of that it has a short shelf life mm-hmm. so like so a lot of styles like uh the one that's the most popular across the beer world right now is called a new england ipa so it's kind of like are you familiar with that not that
0: one because um Before I got pregnant, I would just stick like I'm not really a beer drinker, but if I did drink beer, if I was going out to like a kickback spot to like hang out with some of my guy friends or girlfriends, I would do a blue moon because it's not too dry and it's kind of sweet. And of course, I want to have a fresh orange on it. Or like if I was going to like a bar that had like food or something, I would do either a Bud Light Platinum and that's pretty much it. or or I do like the like the sweet kind of beers and I don't I don't think those are craft beers like the ones that are kind of like um what are they called like the ales or something and it's like you could get like apple or something or pineapple but it's kind of like a mix of beer do you know what I'm talking about
1: but uh, like not sour beers is it like
0: no it's kind of like sweet like yeah
1: interesting (sighs) it could be like a like not a beer cocktail is it
0: oh it's not a cocktail None. it comes to like a, a, in the beer cans like I'm totally drawing drawing a blank right now I okay. pregnancy brain is real but like <laughs> they have them at this place I don't know if y'all have a um up in the Montreal area or or Toronto where you're from there's a place called world of beer have you heard of that place
1: out here I've never heard of that So
0: place. they have them in the states and okay. There is a particular type of like, it's a beer, but it's kind of like sweet and it's so freaking good because I just hate like drinking beer because I'm, you know, like when you see people who drink beer, like they have the beer bellies kind of.
1: <laughs> oh, it messes with your body. It's terrible. It's, it's really hard to keep under control, particularly when you get the higher ABV stuff, like the, some of the IPAs, you know, eight plus percent and they're like 500 calories plus in the can. And it's a lot. Like it really, yeah, it, it hits you really bad. So like when people think of beer, they might think of like the fizzy yellow stuff, like the bud type of thing. Yeah. That's just like one part of of beer. And those are typically the lighter stuff, which is not so bad. But as it gets kind of more hectic, it's yeah, there's the calories are so bad. It's it's crazy.
0: Okay, so yeah. Okay, that brings you to another question. I'm just eager to learn because since yeah, you've yeah. had so many. So as you get up into the higher stuff, like, how do you pick the types that you're going to review or drink? Or are you just going to try them all, write a review and be like, uh, this was horrible, or I didn't like this? Or how do you kind of craft your uh, <laughs> reviews and etc, or choose what you want to drink?
1: That's a great question. So there's, there's kind of two parts to that. So there's I've got the BAOS account, which is like the actual podcast account where we promote the podcast and just post beers, typically the breweries send. So when we've been doing this so long, that breweries send like PR packages. So we just they'll just send a bunch of beer that they'll want us to take pictures of. Sometimes I'll just post a picture of all of them or I'll do a few of them depending on the volume at the time. So for BOS, I'll typically cover anything I think is decent. For my personal account where I do the reviews, That one, I'll review anything. It doesn't matter. But the good question you ask is, how do you choose what to drink? That is my forever predicament. So I've got, you know what it's like? I bet you if you're like a celebrity and you love what, you're getting all clothes sent to you, you're probably not going to get sent the exact thing that you want. You're going to get sent some cool stuff, but the real thing you want, you're probably going to have to go buy. And I find that's the way with the beer stuff. So I'll get sent some really interesting things, but the things that I typically want to, want to actually be drinking, that's the stuff I'll go and buy. So my favorite, you asked before about the favorite beer, but I have a favorite brewery right now. They're called Badlands Brewery. They're, in, they're just out. They're maybe like an hour from Toronto. And they do almost exclusively New England IPAs. So they're like, if you think of IPAs, everyone thinks like hoppy, bitter, like piney. So that's like the West Coast IPA. A New England IPA, which is an East Coast IPA, is like completely hazy. You can't see through it. It's usually like a, a yellow, bright yellow. And they all taste and smell like tropical fruits. No bitterness whatsoever. like Pineapple, mango, uh, guava, passion fruit. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the number one gateway. If I'm drinking one, I have, once again, pre-2020. I remember when we are in New York, my girlfriend's one of her best friends was living there at the time. So we were hanging out with her and she saw me drinking. It. She's like, yo, can I sip that? And she's a wine drinker, and she's like, "Wow!" Like she lost her mind over it because it's not what you think it is. So that brewery does that style. So that's the style I would probably drink more than anything else. And it's also arguably the most popular style of beer right now. It's and they've got a very short shelf life. So when they drop, people line up to buy them because they're super popular. Not all the time line up, depending on the brewery if they're very good at them, and they don't last too long. So I don't really like drinking them any more than maybe four weeks old. Is probably at the top end. Uh, you can, they can last longer, but they're better fresh. Um, so I typically would have like, I, if I'm drinking in a night and like, this makes me makes sound like alcoholic. Beer is a hobby, but I never drank much before this. So if I'm drinking in a night, I get, I'm at, cause I've done this for seven years. I get, I'm at a point. I got more beer than any human could ever drink. It's ridiculous. And I still buy it, but when i drink it i usually try and have like four beers in it so tonight's a drinking night so i'd always start with i'd make sure i've got specific nights off otherwise i would be very large um i would drink like a pills in the first pills or a lager then i would have an ipa then maybe i'd have the double ipa and then i would have either some sort of a stout or a sour to try and balance it out I th- that gets four beers that's good it gets me through my inventory fast enough but it's always a challenge, like, ah, oh, is this one going to be dead? So sometimes it's more like I look at the dates on the bottom of the cans. And if this mm-hmm. one's going to die before this one, well, even if I want this one, I should probably drink this one now. So it's, yeah, it's first world problems. You know.
0: And that's really interesting that you mentioned that because uh, what you were just saying, I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. Like, I want to try that. Um It'll be a while until I get back into the drinking oh, scene, um, <laughs> yeah. but I was like, "Ooh, that sounds good." You're like mango, guava, all of this. Stuff. I like, I like sweet drinks, and I okay. just looked. I just looked up the other drinks so I could tell you because I had that moment, that pregnancy fog. So it's a yes. cider beer. So
1: okay,
0: that's what it is. So they're like Ace Pineapple Cider, or they have the Angry Orchard crisp Apple. Those. So are those really beers or ciders? Because I could-
1: no, it's a cider okay yeah, it's a it's a side cider's is great too they have amazing craft cider so angry orchard is owned by the same people who own budweiser so it's like okay. there's macro beer and then craft beer so all the anything you know that the say like people who aren't be people anything you know that's a macro but hogar well hogar is european so it's kind of different
0: but of um, course i guess miller all that
1: yeah uh-huh. miller all of that they're the big the big guys uh-huh. um and then the craft beer was all like the small local businesses that like you were sort of like my partner and I, or you and your husband could own that business and you would be a craft brewery. So it's like, based on size of production.
0: Okay. That's a good differentiation. So I'm going to ask one more question and then I, yeah. I want to be respectful of your time because I know you may have another commitment. So the difference between the macro beers and the craft beers. So the craft beers have a shorter shelf life, but they're, they're more personable and, Um, it's like on a smaller, smaller scale, uh, scale. So like a micro, a micro scale versus a macro scale, right?
1: Correct. Except the shelf life depends on the style, not macro or craft, but macro brewers typically don't make the styles. Like you're not going to find a Budweiser New England IPA. They don't do that stuff because they, the way their business model works, they need to do volume and you can't really do volume with that style. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't work at least in the way that they do it like they're all a distribution model. So all the different, so you can get a barrel aged Imperial stout. They can, like, I, I drank one recently that was from 2014. It's almost like wine, like an eight year old one I've been saving for eight years. So I have a, to my right, I have a whole cupboard of like a, of all different bottles, mostly sours and stouts that they, they can sit forever. Those type of ones, but then everything else kind of has somewhat of a shelf life. It, it you know, differs really. And some of it's personal preference.
0: Okay. So for your personal preference here, um, do you prefer the things with the shorter shelf life or the longer life, or does it just kind of depend on the style and how it's made?
1: I think it depends on kind of the mood. Like there's kind of a, right now it's, you know, June, it's summer, i um, stinking hard, we're sweating all the time. I don't really want a 12% syrupy, it's like liquid chocolate, like, you know, boozy barrel-aged stout they're amazing bit difficult to drink in this time right now you'd want something that's like a bit lighter in the lower ABV, so you don't get too drunk because you need to hydrate you have something like a pills like you'd have like a fruited sour um i would still be drinking like tonight i'm definitely going to have some new england IPAs. um you know i like them around six to seven percent is my money zone some people like them a little stronger i prefer them lighter so you can drink a bit more rather than have just a couple that are very boozy but i think There's like a beer for kind of every mood because there's so many different styles.
0: Okay, awesome. And then I'm gonna throw you an audible here because I know we covered bits and pieces here and I kind of want to just tie it up for the audience. So kind of in a quick overview synopsis, is there anything else you want to add to the conversation, Craig, that we have not mentioned or I haven't asked that would add value for those who are interested in learning more about the craft beer scene?
1: Yes, for sure. So two quick things. So one, I would encourage anyone who maybe think they're not into beer or, you know, think beer is, is one, you know, the fizzy yellow water or the bitter gross thing that maybe they've tried a friend's IPA before. It's not really that it's actually very, very nuanced, arguably more nuanced than wine, surprisingly, Um, So I would definitely encourage people to explore and support their local businesses, you know, obviously a lot of local businesses have been hurting over the last couple of years and breweries are one of the ones that sort of got hit pretty hard because they're a hospitality based business so I would encourage people to try it for sure and uh, side thing that as another really kind of wonderful project that came from BOS was my partner and I teamed up with another brewery up in they're near is the capital city on the Quebec side. So Ottawa's in Ontario on the Quebec side, there's a city called Gatineau and there's a, uh, a brewery there called, it's like fifth Baron in English, Sankey M Barrel. And they, we partnered up to create a nonprofit called linker. And the aim is to diversify the craft beer industry. If you would go to a brewery, you're going to see a bunch of white dudes with beards for the most part, which is not representative of society as a whole. And beer is for everybody. It's it's a food product. So everybody should be participating in that. But I think there's definitely a there's a bit of a gap there. That you know, there's a there's an awareness gap for both people who are drinkers and also for people working in the industry. Maybe people don't know it's a potential career path. So we started a, we have a registered nonprofit where we basically we fund people we've decided on by POC, so BIPOC individuals, so anybody really fits under that umbrella. We have a partnership with a company called Cicerone. So, you know, a wine sommelier?
0: Yes. I I know it based on the movie. There was a sommelier wine movie. Yes.
1: (laughs) So exactly. That's perfect context. So there's a beer version of that called a Cicerone. Exactly the same thing. So this means you're an expert. They have these courses that you know that can really teach people how to serve beer how it's supposed to taste exactly the tasting notes and pairing with food and all that Mm. fun stuff so we have a partnership with them we have scholarships that we give out to to people to get them trained up so then they have a better chance of getting getting a job in the industry. Um, we're we to launch hopefully either this year or worst case next year scholarships with brewing schools so that they'll have an uh, applicant through our program that we come through and then we can put them into a brewing school. So basically trying to train people up whether it's from the front of house or back of house. Um, and then we're next step from where we're at now is to connect with community groups. domain like you mentioned your Caribbean, my girlfriend is her family is from Jamaica, so we for example her mum goes to the Jamaican Association. So we could go to the jamaican association and start to be like hey can you let people know about our we have a job board called the plug so we want people to come to the job board and see the uh, the jobs in each you know we're going to have them all separated by provinces across canada and then we want to expand into the states we want to do it slowly so we don't you know the thing doesn't fall flat because there's only 30 million 300 million versus 30 million is you know, a lot more people, but we want to. Um, so basically, yeah, I think that's an interesting uh, project. So essentially, if there are anybody who knows breweries that thinks that could be a fit for them to participate, we do have collaboration beers. So some of these cans behind me here are collaborative beers. We drop them three times a year. Right now, we're in the middle of a series. So they drop beers called Link Up. The brewery does whatever they want. They just donate part of it, um, the profits to the nonprofit, and also the idea is to spread awareness about about the fact that, you know, there people don't think about that there is a diversity issue because the industry is not going to grow unless everyone gets involved. So that's something else that's been a real, sat- what's the word? Satisfying. What's the word? I'm having a blank. But you know what I mean? It's, it's been yeah. a real beautiful experience to be able, the amount of people who are really into it and really passionate about it have been, uh, it's been been very, very great. It's, we're very proud of that. So it's, you know, it's only been almost a year, but it's it's moving really fast. So that's like a massive little thing that came about
0: that's amazing and make sure you send me that link so i can put that in the show notes craig because that just that just makes me light up and i can't wait um once y'all fully launch and you get up to the point where you're ready to bring it to the states here so i think a lot of people will definitely benefit from that because i know here in the states we um me and some girlfriends of mine we did a pub crawl one time which was for my um bachelorette party so like you're pedaling on a bike and then you get off and go into different different bars and of course you bring your own snacks or whatnot so it's like a pedal party slash pub crawl. And I thought that was really cool because we're not just going to one, one bar. We're going to multiple bars and there's something there for every, every woman to try. Cause if, if beer is not for you, you could get wine or whatnot. And then you're kind of fellowshipping and it's also a good team building. I've, I've done a few team buildings when I was in oil and gas, cause that's predominantly white males. So they like to go to happy hours and you know some breweries and stuff and sometimes you just got to get in where you fit in but don't lose a sense of who you are so I love that y'all are really catering to the BIPOC because you don't necessarily see that in um in the face so forward-facing so kudos to you there and we're going to jump into the the call to action I know you have some merchandise and some swag and I want to see what's your other call to action for the audience once they hear this um conversation
1: for sure. Um, just to show, I mean we have a, a merch, these are my personal items, so they're probably they're not as as crisp, but yeah, we have the a merch store. It's uh all the it's everything is on baospodcast.com. So everything is there. So we have there's like a whole bunch of stuff that's hats. We've got some t-shirts, we have a little design. Get it in you is like our little slogan. It's like an Australian thing that just means like when you cheers, like get it, like you know, drink it. So we Say that, and we actually trademarked it because it's become like my stupid thing to say all the time. <laughs> little little teas and stuff. And these are just a couple. We have a friend actually based in Phoenix, Arizona, who did all our designs. He did our logo, and he designed up a whole bunch of merch. So we have some fun stuff like coffee mugs up there, all, all sorts of yeah different a bunch of different designs on the on the merch store but links on the website so BOSpodcast.com it's at BOSpodcast everywhere on every social media on YouTube we drop podcasts uh, every Wednesday we've got a whole bunch of videos on YouTube um, which are very big on and uh, we're on TikTok now for the kids the overage kids but the kids nonetheless and um, also link up is at link up beer link up beer everywhere on social and also linkupbeer.org and if you are a applicant i mean if you, even if you are in the states we still encourage you to apply because once we start to get partner breweries in your region we already have you in our in our, you know, in our system there um you can apply for the program if you're a brewery you want to get involved in the collaborations you can reach out and we can have a chat and explain how it works um yeah and also if you have any jobs as well we have the job board so they just reach out breweries reach out and i'll get them up on the job board as well just to try and uh you know make some positive impact wherever we can
0: super super cool and I'm over here I was chuckling whenever you showed the the um great the gray shirt you you know we talked before during your pre-chat and I'm I'm very funny and just kind of down to earth so whenever you say get it in yeah I was like oh that'll be so cute to wear with my pregnancy bump and I could show it and be like get it in (laughs) yeah
1: that would be perfect I think I could. <laughs> it's perfect for. Uh, maybe we should make baby clothes version of it too. Get the kids I, on it.
0: <laughs> I thought I thought about that because I was like, that kind of be like interesting, and then you could see like a someone wearing the shirt. Like if I wore that shirt, and they'll be like, "Hey, what does that mean?" i will be like, "Well, actually, it's beer and other shit." But I just thought it was like a funny way because you know I have a bundle of joy in me, so I got it in me, yeah. but I can't really get the drink in me, but. <laughs>
1: yes but yeah. <laughs> yeah i never put that uh i never put that two or two together pregnancy to and again and yeah, that's amazing yeah. <laughs> don't know why i never thought about that i love that that's genius
0: So if you want to send me a shirt, I will wear it before I I drop this baby because she's still loading. But now, so audience, enough enough with that because I know I kept Craig over his time. So once again, all of his contact information will be in the show notes. Go support BAOS. Link up with some local breweries in your area. Support those small business owners. And if you're looking for something fun to do, create a pub crawl, get some guys together, some girls and just go sample a few beers. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're going to reach that almost 7200 like Craig has, but hey, you could try if you want to <laughs> take that challenge. You Make sure <laughs> make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and follow. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see this recording on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS with Genesis Mars Camp. And I wanna thank you for continuing to listen on a regular basis because we are ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com and we are looking for brand sponsors who want to have their business heard globally in the top two percent so why not collaborate collaboration is not the new competition it's the new way of creating synergies so until the next episode next segment peace love and lots of blessings have yourself an amazing one